Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, we're going to go into this today, the whole concession talk again. There will be no concession. Um, not today. How many times do I have to say this? Not tomorrow. Paula, how's next week looking? Is it looking okay? No, Paula's shaking her head. I, I'm sure. Joe, how do you feel? Next week? Is next week yeah, looking good, maybe? Nah. Uh-uh. No. Not so much. No. Okay, me either. Me either. So that's two out of three. And as Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad. They're not going to be a concession until we're sure we have an actual free and fair result. Okay? Okay. Okay. I got a video today, though, I'm going to show you at the beginning of the show, showing you how the media was obsessed with Al Gore not conceding in 2000 while they're obsessed with President Trump conceding despite significant disputes about what the results of this election are. Uh, That video is great. Hat tip newsbusters. We'll get to that also today on the agenda. Please don't go anywhere. It's a loaded show. (laughs) I haven't said that in a while. I'm going to go through the anatomy of a hit today. How the media colludes with lunatics on social media, does no fact checking whatsoever, runs with totally fake stories. I'm going to walk you through a hit. Someone tried to shake us down for some money. And it didn't work out over at Parliament and walk you through exactly how they all coordinate. You're going to love this story, I promise you. And then at the end of the show today, I want to get to uh, the Mike Flynn story back again. There's talk of a potential pardon. You're not going to want to miss that either, how the media keeps reporting on fake news about Flynn. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, get a VPN today and protect your online activity from prying eyeballs. Where do you get it? Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show on this Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Well, I'm doing pretty good, man. Just looking for the concession stand. But I can't find one. It's it's not going to, it's, I can't see it. It's just not going to happen. And like Joe said, and Paula, two out of three, well, three out of three in this case, next week doesn't look good either. (laughs) Just putting that out there. By the way, tomorrow, programming note. Yeah. um, Tomorrow we will be off, but there will be, a Bongino brief yeah. on our feed. It is, uh, if you want to go to get the Bongino brief, you can, Amazon Alexa has it. You can go to the settings mm-hmm. and just hit add content and you can add it. It's also on Apple Podcasts. We'll put it up on Gino.com and everywhere. So check it out tomorrow, the Bongino brief, please. We'd love to have that. All right, let's get to it. Today's show brought to you by friends at Phone Soap. With tighter restrictions happening in some areas, you still need to remember that those nasty germs have not gone away. Nasty. You need to wash your hands for a minimum of 20 seconds. Clean that third hand you never wash. What third hand? This one, your phone, because whatever your hands touch gets passed to your phone. (laughs) They can get really gross. The best way to clean your phone is with phone soap. Phone soap uses UVC light and their patented and clinically proven technology to kill 99.99% of germs like E. coli, salmonella, and the cold and flu virus. 99.99%. That kills 100 times more bacteria than 99%. Phone soap can sanitize and charge your phone as little as five minutes. 
It's the only consumer UV sanitizer with a 360-degree disinfection chamber. Here's mine right here. As you can see, it's on right now. This is the one I take on the road. They have the bigger version over there as well, where you can put multiple phones and devices in there. We love it. It uses two transparent plates to suspend and sanitize all sides of your phone. It's easy to use. It fits smartphones and cases of all sizes. It can even sanitize TV remotes, keys, whatever you throw in there. Don't accept cheap knockoffs. Phone soap is EPA registered and trusted by healthcare professionals everywhere with millions of satisfied customers. Phone soap makes an excellent gift for anyone on your list. From today through Cyber Monday, go to phonesoap.com, use code SANTA20 to save a whopping 20% off and receive free shipping. Phone soap offers a lifetime warranty on their bulbs. From now until Cyber Monday, go to phonesoap.com. Remember to use the code SANTA20 to save 20% free shipping. That's phonesoap.com today. Remember to use the code SANTA and the number 20. Get your order in early to ensure delivery before Christmas. We love this thing. Remember to go to phonesoap.com and use SANTA20 to save 20% and free shipping through Cyber Monday. I'm a germaphobe, so this is one of my favorite products. All right, Joe, let's go. Ding, ding. I'm really stoked about today's show. I woke up today feeling very energetic. Went back for a blood test yesterday. The doctor was like, fantastic. Nice job, buddy. Your blood's looking pretty good. So that was two big thumbs up. Yes, yes. So yes, yeah. I was like, I have like some Wolverine-like ability to repair <laughs> my red blood cell counts. If the truth is great, which is just awesome. I'm looking for Professor X soon. So I said I'd get to this first. Just quickly, um, there will be no concession um, until we can determine we had a free and fair election. So again, everyone waiting on it, you can just keep waiting because it will be none. But just a quick media montage here, hat tip our friends at Newsbusters. What I'm going to play for you is video audio of the media during the Al Gore Trump, uh, excuse me, Al Gore Bush fight in 2000, where remember that went on for 37 days. And the media, of course, because Al Gore was a Democrat, and that election was disputed. The media was encouraging Gore, don't you concede. We found fraud here, what we think is fraud there. And then you're going to hear and you'll see the media now. He must concede, no evidence of fraud. So that's this is a media montage of media when it was a Democrat Gore versus media on, on concession now that it's a Republican and Trump. Check this out. This is hilarious watching these fronts. There is no question or very little question that Al Gore won the votes cast in the state of Florida. The question is, will he win the votes counted? And there's some stories in Florida still developing. We don't know all the facts, but it really looks odd. Some say, listen, Danny, is the quote, is the fix in in Florida? There is no evidence whatsoever of illegal votes or any kind of election fraud. Voting irregularities are alleged in some counties. Some irregularities in the vote. Count. Voting irregularities. Voting improprieties. Just to be very clear, there is no evidence of, quote, clear and apparently credible allegations of irregularities. Do you think in, in Florida that voter fraud has been perpetrated? Problems with voter fraud. There is no evidence of fraud. Democrats say two Republican workers committed a felony. Voting offices resembling crime scenes. There is no evidence. He has yet to put forth any evidence. There's no evidence. There is no evidence of malfeasance. A poll worker shows up to the elections office this afternoon with a bag of ballots. Why are they showing up now? We're watching a conspiracy theory be woven in real time. Baselessly crying fraud, making unhinged accusations. Yesterday, early editions of the New York Post got it wrong, printed out Bush wins. The Gore campaign today boldly predicted that when the final vote is in, they will prevail. There it is. You may be saying if you're listening on radio or audio, Dan, that's weird. Because in one sentence, I'm hearing media people say there's evidence of fraud in this Gore Bush election. Oh my gosh, we need to look into this. Ballots are showing up. This is crazy time. 
And then in the next sentence, what am I hearing? I'm hearing some of the same media enterprises say, there's no fraud. President Trump has to concede. Yeah, that's exactly what you're hearing. When it involves a Democrat, don't concede. When it involves a Republican, you must concede immediately. <laughs> don't overthink it. That's exactly what that was. If you're watching on Rumble, you saw it. It's obvious because the older video footage you can see is from 2000. It's grainier. They're just phonies. So we'll continue to ignore them. Thanks. Keep waiting on that concession. You can hang out over there. We got a chair in the corner in our green room. It's not actually a green room. Our studio is an old apartment, but it's a bedroom next to You can hang out over there and we'll get back to you next room. I'm closing the door for Thanksgiving. So bring food and stuff. There's a bathroom. Don't worry. You can brush your teeth. Just don't use my toothbrush. We have an extra quip in there. I'll give you one. Don't use mine. Here's one more quick piece of video. You know, it's the day before Thanksgiving. Keep you in a good mood despite everything going on. Um, President Trump still swinging. Gotta love this guy. He did a little presser yesterday about the uh, massive run-up in the stock market, which crossed 30,000 yesterday. And uh, President Trump wanted to take a bit of a celebratory lap, and I don't blame him. So he's out at the press conference, and he ended the press conference this way. Check this out. And I just want to congratulate all the people within the administration that worked so hard. And most importantly, I want to congratulate the people of our country because there are no people like you. Thank you very much, everybody. Did you catch it, Jeff? Cool. And I want to congratulate the people of this country because they're nothing like you idiots. Well, I threw idiots in, but that's, to believe me, that's what he was thinking. That is 100% what he was thinking. Still swinging. Not an ounce of fight drained from his body. Good for him because we got big fights ahead. All right, let me get to my, my story today. So I asked Paula, I was kind of tossing this around. I'm like, what do we talk about first? Because I have a lot of good stuff and I don't want it to seem self-serving. Obviously, I have a financial interest in Parler um, and I didn't want to cover this first. But the story is fascinating because it involved a viral story with air quotes yesterday and Parler was the subject of it. And if you don't know what happened behind the scenes, you think this story was real. And some of you may be new to my show, may have some liberal leanings, believe still that the media tells you the truth. The story and what happened to us yesterday in this viral hoax in Parler is such a damning story, not so much about Parler, although we were the focus of it, but about how easy it is to fish and hook in idiots in the media who at a moment's notice will propagate a false story as long as it meets their political needs and yet demand a fact check from a Republican about any story about Donald Trump. Donald Trump says he likes ice cream. Fact check it. And yet when you ask them to fact check stories like this one about Parler, they do no fact. They just run with the story. Here's what I mean. Let's get right to this. First, let me just talk about the New York Times first. Because what's going on here is part of a larger operation by people in the mainstream activist liberal media to engage in massive anti-civil liberties movements and speech suppression. They want everyone wiped off Facebook with any influence at all, Facebook, Twitter, and elsewhere. But make no mistake, the New York Times is now Pravda. And these three are part of it. Kevin Roos, Mike Isaac, and here, here she is, Shira Frankel again. Remember Shira Frankel, anti-free speech activist who wrote about us the other day? Now, the New York Times, which promoted the pee-pee hoax, of course, and did no fact-checking on that at all. They wrote this article yesterday, Facebook struggles to balance civility and growth, blah, blah, blah. Talk, what, what's this article really about? <clears throat> Let me get to the screenshot there. It's an effort by people in the media, like these folks here at the New York Times, who want... Make no mistake, their only goal is to silence conservative speech. That's it. They're, they've known the facts and truth are not their goal. Here's what they wrote in their piece in there. They're talking about this, 
new algorithm that Facebook alleged, Facebook denies this to be fair, you know, which they won't be to us, but I'll give you, but Facebook denies this happened. But it says that Facebook wanted to emphasize the importance after the election. This is from a source of what they call news ecosystem quality scores. Oh my gosh, does this sound Orwellian? Or Joe, NEQ scores. So I guess yeah. we'll call them NEQ score, NEQ scores, which is a secret internal ranking Facebook assigns to news publishers based on signals about the quality of their journalism. So the allegation here is that Facebook gave these high NEQ scores to make sure authoritative news appeared more prominently. This is hilarious. What is this? This is nothing more than a threat by the PP hoaxers at the New York Times who've gotten almost nothing right about Trump for four years now, have humiliated themselves, journalism, everything. New York Times, the, you know, Walter Durante, New York Times, that was on the side of the Soviet Union versus America. Remember that, New York Times? Those guys, yeah, and ladies out there. This piece is nothing more than an attempt to cover for Facebook, to say, no, 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 Facebook, they're just promoting this score because, Joe, they're just trying to promote, that's a quote from the piece, authoritative news sites. Yeah. Joe, just to be clear, uh-huh. I'm just, this is a, just a question, just to make sure you can, you know, the audience is picking up what I'm putting down here. Bunt, bunt. Do you think that authoritative news sources that Facebook is trying to promote and the New York Times are referring to are Bongino.com that nailed the Spygate hoax, mm. Breitbart that's pretty much on top of stuff, yep. the Daily Caller, Chuck Ross over there. Do you think that's what they're talking yeah. about for authoritative news sources that Facebook wants to promote? Yeah, man, I do think that. Don't even have to think about it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that that's it. <laughs> of course, it's <laughs> folks. The authoritative news sources are the PP hosts: New York Times, the Washington Post, Joe's, of course, messing with you. Uh, no, it is. This is not at all. This is what they're doing. They're trying to provide cover from Facebook. Oh, folks, don't worry, don't worry. We're the New York Times. Facebook's next score, which again, Facebook denies, but. I'm just telling you, this is out there uh-huh. and seems to comport with the reality of my page and what happened to our page's distribution after the election. Since come back a bit, again, to be fair and give both sides, which Facebook won't do to us, with their fake fact checks. They are not promoting authoritative news sources. We are engaged in a war for free speech. That war is coming to your door soon. I promise you. And that war on free speech is going to be led by corporate America. People in government are going to lag behind. Oh, you don't want to take a vaccine? That's your call. It's a free country. You're not going to be able to board a plane and something. Look at Qantas. I saw an article about Qantas. You want to run your business and run your business's Facebook page, yet you have a Trump sign outside of your business? Watch when your Facebook page gets fact-checked and starts getting reported for stuff you didn't do. Man. You put on Twitter and some alternative therapy to some disease out there that you think could be legitimate, watch Twitter take you down. The war is happening right in front of your face. And the war against misinformation is not a war against conservative misinformation. It's a war against liberal misinformation. Let me give you this anatomy of a takedown because this is what happened to us yesterday. Here's how it started. A while ago, we got an email from this, uh, this life loser and troll this basement-dwelling lunatic piece of human filth and garbage. Oh, my gosh, Dan, that sounds brutal. Look this guy up, and you'll see what I'm talking about. So here's this guy, um, William Legate. 
Um, who's had trouble before, by the way. He had to make a retraction after lying about Project Veritas. Uh, so he's got a history of doing stuff like this. So this troll legate emailed our CEO um, at Parler, and he wanted money. Hey, dude, we're going to have our drinks here and go in Vegas. And uh, curious if you still have the bounty program for liberal influencers to join. Here's the thing. Uh, we put out this $20,000 or something reward for liberals to join Parler a while ago. So this guy's interesting. He admits he trolls on Twitter. He says, I have a, on Parler. He says, I have a Parler account, but I've just used it to troll, but happy to use it under my real name and promote it under my Twitter if properly incentivized. You get it? So he's winking and nodding at us that we should somehow pay yeah. him off yeah. under this bounty program, this, this, this lunatic. To promote Parler. Well, we promptly told him to pound sand. Well, because he's a troll with a history of making retractions for lies, he decided, well, if I can't get money out of Parler, then I might as well attack Parler and make stuff up. So, but, but you can't just do it by yourself because this guy doesn't have, nobody takes this guy seriously. So he needed a media enterprise to take him seriously to run with his fairy tale about Parler in this ridiculous attempt to shake us down for money. So next thing you know, after the money never came, this is what appeared on Parler under his Parler account. He says, the Parler administrators appear to be censoring Write in Trump for Georgia hashtag disgraceful. What happened to the First Amendment? Conveniently from the same guy, William Legate. That sounds bad, folks. Parlor, we were censoring your hashtag. Write in Trump for Georgia. Man, we're really terrible. That's awful. Uh, what's the problem with that story? Nobody was ever censoring your hashtag at all. Oh, Dan, you made it. No, 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 no. The story's totally. Made up. The guy didn't get his money. Now the guy's mad. So the guy decides to try to attack Parler with a fake story about us censoring some pro-Trump hashtag in Georgia. You understand the story's totally made up. You could have put the hashtag in yourself and whatever's on Parler will come up. But it requires you ah, to actually put the hashtag in correctly. So some people typed it in wrong. Oh my gosh, nothing appeared. So of course this story went viral. Well, why? People, I thought you said nobody believes this loser. Um, They don't. But when somehow the story gets pitched to mainstream media people who hate Parler, you think Joe, right? I mean, you have been the mm -hmm. contrarian devil's advocate in today's show. Yes. You would think if you were a media person writing about Parler censoring a hashtag, that you would actually go into Parler and put in the hashtag and see if it's censored? Would you do that if you yeah, were a journalist? I'm, I'm, I'm it's just, I'm just, worth I'm a just, look, Dan. It's, it's just, you know, check it out. We're worth a look-see. Yeah. Confirmed by producer Joe. Yeah. Worth a look-see, folks. Yeah. Paula, would you agree? Maybe a good idea to put the hashtag in? But Paula agrees, so that, there you go. Two out of three ain't bad. Nope. But no, 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 none of that actually happened. So some dipwad at Newsweek named James Crowley <laughs> decided, hey, I'll just write about this story. Free, spe free speech, air quotes. Um, Social <laughs> network parlor allegedly censoring right in Trump for Georgia by James Crowley. Holy cow. The story's Jeez. totally made up. This is the anatomy of a hit. Ask for money, don't get money. Create a viral fake news story. Pitch it to idiots in the media who will then run with it. The story's totally fake. The, the allegation is totally false. All this idiot Crowley had to do was put the hashtag in himself. 
Now, when I debunked it because I came out and said, guys, ladies, again, Parler's under attack because liberals, New York Times, and elsewhere hate free speech and Parler actually promotes free speech, we're under attack. This is just another in the one of what, Paula, 50 stories I've had at the bunker. George Soros owns Parler. We censor Trump supporters. Uh, we steal your social security number. What else? Um, we're working with Thanos and the Infinity Stones to destroy the earth. You understand these are all fake stories only meant to discredit the company because we support free speech. So when none of that worked and the Newsweek guy, I had I discredited him. Then NBC had to jump in. So you can always rely on this dipwad, Ben Collins from NBC, to always promote it. Here he is, Ben Collins, at one underscore on Twitter. He says, talking about Parler, quotes the Newsweek story in his tweet. This is hilarious. Again, it's a very loose definition of free speech, talking about Parler, where he cites the fake Newsweek story. Now, here's the funny thing. Look at Ben Collins' ID, uh, what he puts up on Twitter next to his avatar. This is hilarious. He's a, quote, reporter, folks. For NBC News, reporter, journalist. Another guy, Joe, just checking. Probably a good idea to check the story first. Maybe put the hashtag in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. We're just just putting that out there. We're We're just putting that out there. So step one, again, demand money. Step two, don't get money. Make a fake story. Uh, Try to go viral. Use idiots in the media who always call for fact checks everywhere else, who don't even fact check the story themselves. Let Newsweek and this moron at NBC, Ben Collins, run with the story. (laughs) But listen, it's not enough to have two morons, James Crowley from Newsweek and Ben Collins from NBC. You need the biggest moron of all who's got still a big microphone. The morons at Drudge Report. Sludge Report, which is totally sold out America and the conservative movement, they'll run with it too. Here's the story on Drudge today. Free speech parlor, allegedly censoring posts. Drudge, the human waste repository. The guy who would, who, the, the, the website seriously that would sell out their, their dogs for money to make a buck. Promoting a totally fake story. That story's fake. But again, because Parler is a conservative, free speech, leaning conservative, being that I'm there. And liberal, you can go over there too, but a free speech app, Drudge has to attack it. Folks, it didn't end. It didn't end. When that fake story didn't work, that Parler was censoring Trump supporters, which was fake. Legate comes back again. You know, the guy, whatever. Here he is again on Twitter. Turns out Parler left its database credentials unencrypted on a public API. I've redacted their server passwords, but this is very, very bad for Parler. Here he is again. Loser dipwad. Who's, I, I can't, this, has this guy's parents disavowed him yet? I would. On Twitter, again, making up another story. Now that we've been hacked, totally fake, made up, fabricated fairy tale story. No truth to it at all. Yes, you're probably asking about the legal. Yes, we are working on legal options. We're not stupid. That's for another day. We're not dumb. Legate courts restricted access to his account after I think he knows he's in significant trouble now. So Dipwad Legate now posts parlor is hacked. 
But again, this guy's not smart enough to make a story go viral on his own because people know he's a fraud. So he needs other people to play in. Who plays in, of course, our best friends, and I mean worst enemies at Twitter, who are only more than apt to use dunce liberals to make the story trend. Look, trending in the United States on Twitter. Number one, SSNs. What does that have to do with anything? SSNs. Keep this up, Paul. Hmm. Well, that was trending because liberals who are dumb as uh, uh, mutated toads, um, imbecile liberals, never fact check anything. And Twitter, who claims to be a fact checker, let SSNs for social security numbers go viral because the allegation was and why SSNs was trending is that Parler was demanding your social security number and was hacked and your social security numbers out there. Okay, both of those are false. Parler does not ask for a social security number. You could have just checked that. That's not true. And Parler wasn't hacked, number two. And look at the bottom. It's also trending. Parler hacked. This is what we deal with all day. But then again, tell me, folks, how Newsweek, the New York Times, Ben Collins from NBC, and Twitter are the sources of real news. They're the legitimate fact checkers. Jack Dorsey needs to put labels on stuff. And yet when a totally fake story gets debunked, they let that trend. And then when that story gets debunked, they let another fake story about parlor trend because they're not interested in the facts. They're interested in political attacks. Sorry to wear you out with that story. But the story, although it's about parlor, is not really about parlor. Do you understand the umbrella takeaways here? The people claiming to be these harbingers of truth and justice, Twitter, Facebook, Newsweek, the New York Times, Ben Collins at NBC, they are openly lying to you. Drudge, Twitter. They're making fake stories go viral, promoting disinformation and misinformation. Everything from Parler was hacked to the PP hoax. The Parler asked for your social security. Really? Just go to Parler. Go, maybe you'd sign up and you'll notice there's no line for social security number. That's kind of weird how we're asking you for it, yet it's not there. These are the disinformation, misinformation specialists. And yet they flipped the script and made you believe that we're the ones doing it. Watch this kid. Better get a good lawyer. All right, folks, let me get to my second sponsor today. Got a lot going on. I got a whole bunch more to get to, including a weird flex by CNN. Crazy weird flex. You know, CNN, more misinformation. Sensing a theme today. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at ETS. Listen, our firearm enthusiasts out there have a great gift idea for the firearm owner in your life. When it comes to training or personal defense, magazines are just as important as the firearm and the ammunition you carry. You know how difficult it is to find durable, reliable, lightweight magazines for everyday use. I've got the solution for you right now. I send my friends and family over to ETS. For the past six years, ETS has manufactured the toughest, most rugged polymer magazines on the market. They are impact resistant, won't crack or break when exposed to harsh environments. Chemicals are extreme cold. Plus, they're clear. Here's mine right here. You can stack them, which I love. They're clear. Well, what's the benefit of being clear? It means you can see how many rounds you have loaded. Pretty simple solution, right? Rugged, tough, durable, super lightweight. ETS magazines come with a lifetime warranty. They're available right now for Glock, Smith & Wesson M&P Shield, uh, Sig P, uh, P320, H&K VP9, plus MP5, AR15, and new for this year, CZ Scorpion Evo. In these tumultuous times, you need a durable and reliable magazine for every situation. Stock up now at ETSmags.com. Don't wait. 
That's ETSMags.com. While you're there, don't forget to check out ETS's lineup of speed loaders. I love them. Load the whole mag in seconds. Boom. They're the fastest in the world. That's ETSMags.com. Use promo code DAN, D-A-N, for 15% off your entire order. Go today. All right, we got a change in show plans today. You know, we always take a break after that second thing. Go straight through. You don't see any break at all. But Paula said to me during this 30-second break we take, she's like, I think you should talk about the Mike Flynn story next. And I agree with her because she's smart. That's why I married her. And a beauty, too. She says it kind of goes with your theme of fake news. But this story is important because, again, it this stuff gets into the public psyche, folks. There are still people out there, people portraying themselves as credible news outlets, who refuse to tell the truth about General Mike Flynn. They continue to propagate the myth, which I'm sorry if you've heard it on the show now four or five times, that Mike Flynn lied about discussing sanctions with the Russian ambassador. Ladies and gentlemen, the story is absolutely false. The evidence is right in front of your eyes. Why am I talking about this now? Well, let's get to the story first and then the sanctions part, because there's two pieces to the story. First, current news of the day. There's some talk out there about President Trump finally uh, pardoning General Mike Flynn. The story's up in Axios. Scoop, Axios, Jonathan Swan. Trump tells confidants that he plans to pardon Michael Flynn. Let's get to that first before I get to the screenshot from the piece. Ladies and gentlemen, great. Listen, I read your emails. I understand. I respect and value my audience. The reason my email, Paula's email, the show email is out there is because we really like to read your feedback. I read a lot of your tweets, your parlays, your Facebook posts in return because the show is for you. Let me just put this out there to give you my audience's view, full spectrum. About 50% of you based on emails do not want Flynn pardoned. It's not because they don't like and respect the general. It's that they think he should see this legal process to the end and have the judge, Judge Sullivan, who's not acting like a judge at all, be forced to throw the case out. Joe, makes sense? Can you speak for this? Does that make sense? Like Half the audience is saying, no, Dan, a pardon would be kind of a semi-admission of guilt. Yeah. And we should run this through to the legal end and make sure a court of law says Mike okay. Flynn did not do this. Yeah. I get it. I understand you. I disagree with respect. I The other 50% are on my side of this and Paula's yeah. and Joe's too, which is like, hey, ladies and gentlemen, this isn't justice what's happening. If you're seeking justice with air quotes in a justice system that is not acting according to the principles of justice. How do you ever expect to get justice? Let me, can I give you an analogy quick per- permission, Paula, to make it? A, yeah. Sometimes on Fox, you always say permission for an, cause you never know when that analogy is going to go. Right. Seriously. You ever hear Jesse say that on Fox permission to make it an analogy? It's a joke, but you never know. This is a good one. If Joe Armacost, my good friend, was accused of robbing a bank, and I know Joe was down here in Florida with me when the bank in Maryland was robbed, I know Joe didn't rob the bank. Just like I know Mike Flynn did nothing wrong. I know it. I can prove it. It's easy. Why would I allow Joe to go to trial for a charge where the judge hates Joe? He's a liberal. He knows Joe works with the Dan Bongino show. And the judge keeps sticking it to Joe to make his life miserable over a course of years with the hope one day Joe will win. Why would we allow that to happen when there is a corrective mechanism? Say I was the governor of Maryland and I had the power to pardon Joe. That is justice. 
The pardon power to the governor or the president of the United States is written in the Constitution as a mechanism to correct for when justice mm-hmm. isn't done. Justice is not being done. You're relying on a judge, Judge Sullivan, who is a political hack. He's a discredited, fake judge. He's not acting as a judge. And you're hoping to get justice from him? I disagree. With respect, I see your point. You're not crazy. Your points are reasoned and logical. But I just think they're drawing on a false conclusion, which is that justice is going to be served by a judge not interested in justice. There is justice in the Constitution. The president's ability to go into the system and pardon people without condition to correct for when justice isn't done. That is justice. That's real justice. Now, what about the misinformation piece? Ah, let's get to that next. So down in the piece, again, I don't know Jonathan Swan. It's not a personal beef. I saw him in a green room once at this Politicon event. Sounds like a nice guy. It's not personal. But whoever wrote this, John, or I don't know if he's, he's on the byline. I assume he did it. Put in his piece a piece of false information. Why isn't this fact-checked by Facebook or Twitter? I thought they were the bastions of honesty and truth and goodwill. This is a knowingly false statement. From the Axios piece, quote, Flynn then lied about not discussing sanctions to Vice President Mike Pence, who repeated that denial to the media. Oh, my gosh. Now, you regular listeners to my show are probably clawing at your faces, pulling your hair out right now, going again with the sanctions thing. Where did Swan get this, that Flynn lied about sanctions? Where do you get it? Wikipedia? Jokapokesopedia? If Flynn was asked about sanctions in an FBI interview and then lied about discussing sanctions with the Russian ambassador, as, as Swan's asserting in the piece, then, Joe, wouldn't you think the FBI documentation of the interview where they allegedly asked about sanctions would contain the word sanctions and a question about sanctions? Joe, I'm just, you're, very, you're an integral part of the show today, Joe. I'm just throwing uh, that out there. Confuse me, but yeah, I think that would be part of it. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. I know you're confused. Was it my cousin Vinny? Let me unconfuse you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on the, let me unconfuse you for a minute. Here, in fact, because Joe's very confused. This is very perplexing to poor Joe. He, you know, poor guy just robbed the bank <laughs> yeah. and got framed for it. Or He's very confused right now. So in the middle of his stress, I'm going to help you through this. So here is the FBI 302 with Jonathan, Jonathan Swan could have checked out himself of, in other words, the documentation of their interview with Michael Flynn. So let's go with, let's help Jonathan Swan out here. Let's go to page one of the FBI interview. Joe, do you see the word sanctions? We've done this now four or five times, so you get to cheat a little bit. Do you see the word let's sanctions see. on page I'm one anywhere? I see expulsion. You see that? I highlighted that. Expulsion of Russian diplomats. I'm not seeing it. I don't, I, don't, I don't see it. Paula, Paula, do you uh-uh. see it? Okay, Paula's nah. shaking her head. No, Joe, do you see it? The answer is nah. no for Joe, nah. no for Paula. Okay, it's clearly on, on uh, page yeah, sure two. We missed it. Swan said he lied about sanctions. So if the FBI, sure, of course, if he asked about sanctions, it's in their documentation. Mm-hmm. Page two. Uh, reading through the interview, I asked of him speed reading here with the expul. I see expulsions mm-hmm. again, not sanctions. I don't know, not really. Uh, PNG, persona on media. Blah, blah, blah. It's, I don't see it, Joe. Do you there. see it? Quick survey again, Joe. It's a cra- it's crazy time. Every crazy pills <sighs> everywhere. Paula, did you see sanctions in there? 
for the Paul is giving us a no. That's a no ski. So that's two. Swan put in his report. So it's definitely on page three of the FBI's own notes where the FBI asked him about sanctions because they said, as Swan said, he lied about sanctions. So it's definitely on page three. So let's check out the critical page three arrowhand. Page three of the document. Kiss the expulsions. Then we see those expulsions again. Those Russian. I see expulsions the second time. I don't see. I just don't see it anywhere. Gosh, that's really weird. The FBI must have forgot. Man, Uh, you know, (laughs) it's It's so. I know it's crazy. Joe's under stress right now. Joe's being framed for a bank robbery, just like Flynn's being framed for talking about sanctions that were never discussed in the interview that the FBI never mentioned in their own report of the interview about sanctions that never happened. Swan could look that up. Again, it isn't personal. He's a reporter. Maybe do some reporting or maybe issue a correction on your story. Fact check, you know, like they do to us. Fake fact checks, maybe a real fact check of your own enterprise, Axios, where you say, fact check, note, there is no evidence sanctions were ever discussed in the FBI interview. And if you can produce it, I, I, I'd, like, I'd like to see it. This gets worse, believe it or not. You're saying the FBI didn't discuss sanctions? No, no, they didn't. Let me get to my third sponsor because I want to explain this. this. Believe it or not, this story gets even worse. Not only did the FBI not discuss sanctions ever, so Flynn's story is completely wrong, that they framed him on it is transparently clear when you read their own notes. <laughs> Crazy time, isn't it? We got today. Oh, our friends at uh, at Taser. Hey, the people at Taser believe that safer self-defense is better self-defense. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough for you to carry with you in your glove compartment or your purse. Yet they're powerful enough to incapacitate, God forbid, an attacker if you get attacked. Taser products are safer and easy to use. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape and send emergency dispatch to your GPS location. Taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting and emergency dispatch, which will send response teams to your GPS location upon discharge. More than 237,000 lives have been saved with the Taser network of devices, apps, and personnel. And now, You can own a Taser device, the number one choice of law enforcement agencies. Protect yourself and your family with Taser's line of smart self-defense products. Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get the Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light at taser.com. That's T-A-S-E-R.com with promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. Save 15% now at taser.com using promo code Bongino, spelled T-A-S-E-R.com, promo code Bongino. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, folks, getting back to this story. So now we know Swan didn't fact check his own story because Flynn, there's no evidence anywhere that Flynn was actually asked about sanctions. He alleged, trying kind of hard to lie about sanctions you weren't asked about. No, no. If Woody would have went straight to the police, (laughs) some of you will get that. So surely the FBI has some notes on this interview too, like handwritten notes outside of their typed up notes. Yeah, yeah, we have some of those too. And I want to show you something interesting. It'll come up again in a second. This will be wrong. This is their actual handwritten notes of the interview. And there's a key part of this I want you to take a look at. They're notes of what Flynn was telling them in the interview. 
where again, he allegedly lied about sanctions he was never asked about. Check this out. This little handwritten FBI note is just fascinating. It says at the end, boxed us in. You can see that right there if you're watching us on Rumble. You can look at it. It's even circled for you. Boxed us in. Hold that in your head for a minute. So someone in the FBI interviewing Flynn during the interviews, taking handwritten notes and wrote down, boxed us in. Why would they write that? Don't you worry. It'll make sense in just a jiffy. Let's go to Jim Comey, former disgraced director of the FBI. Actually, current disgraced former director. That's kind of a better way to say it, right? He's not formerly disgraced. He's currently disgraced former director. <laughs> Much better. Got to word that correctly. So here's Comey's own notes about the Flynn interview, where clearly they say how much he lied and he was indicating deception and lied about sanctions. <laughs> of course they don't say that. He says, and the agents, this is his testimony about the Flynn interview. And the reason I mentioned their experience is because I talked to them about this. These are the agents who interviewed Flynn. They discerned no physical indications of deception. They didn't see any change in posture, tone, inflection, or eye contact. They saw nothing indicating to them that he knew Flynn was lying to them. Wow, that sounds kind of strange. And they interviewed him completely, went through it all, did not show him the transcript or transcripts, and then came back and drafted a 302, the one I just showed you. Maybe Swan should throw that in his story with a little fact check. There is no evidence Flynn was asked about sanctions. There's also no evidence he deceived the FBI as per Jim Comey's own notes. I'm just saying, John, fact check and all. Maybe you want to throw that in there? Joe, you think you make a little asterisk footnote? Yeah. Probably a good one. Note, yeah. this didn't happen, good, good. what I just wrote. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe that's, just that's, don't write it. Yeah. Here's an idea. Probably the better approach, yeah. Joe. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> but you want to be taken seriously as a oh. credible media outlet. We're the, we're the hoaxers, Joe, me and you. We got the ones who nailed this story from the, so we're, we're all idiots. I just produced to you evidence, hard evidence. Your story's fake. Oh, we didn't say he didn't talk about it. We said he didn't tell Flynn about it. Yeah, even he didn't tell the VP. Even Vice President Pence has taken that back and now believes Flynn was telling him the truth. Maybe you want to include that in there? A full disclaimer about the whole story? You're not going to leave us hanging with the box that said, of course not. Why is that FBI note relevant? Keep in mind the assertion here. Paul, if I don't explain this well, I've been beating up Joe as the ombudsman. You got to <laughs> shut me down. Here it is in a nutshell. The FBI alleged Mike Flynn lied to them about discussing sanctions with the Russian ambassador. The Russian ambassador. There's no evidence sanctions were ever brought up. How could he lie about a question he was never asked? How do we know that? Because we have the FBI's own notes where they never mentioned the question about sanctions at all. We have Comey's sworn testimony where he says Flynn wasn't deceiving them. Flynn was being honest in the interview. And then we have an FBI handwritten note about clearly a Flynn's response to a question where Flynn mentioned the term boxed us in because we have their handwritten notes, the FBI. Let's look at the actual transcript the FBI had of the call between Flynn and the Russian ambassador. And let's look at something, this line at the top. This is the transcript, the FBI, summary of the transcript. This is what the FBI had. Flynn wants to convey the following to Moscow. Do not allow this administration to box us in right now. Kislyak says they have conveyed it very clearly. 
So if you're a media person like John Swan and you're looking for an out to your story with this fake assertion in it, you may say, well, Flynn was discussing the expulsions of the Russian ambassadors, not the sanctions, but sanctions, expulsions, smulsions, expansions, it's the same thing. Really? Because that's funny. When the FBI asked Flynn about the expulsions, Flynn told the FBI exactly what he told the Russian ambassador. Don't box us in. And they wrote it down in their own handwriting. Weird how he lied about it. Lied about it, air quotes. And yet he told you about it? He told you the truth about what you had in the transcript. But keep up with this fake news story, please, that Mike Flynn lied about sanctions that were never discussed. No, no, we mean expulsions. Okay, they're not even the same thing. They're not even remotely related. But you could keep that myth up too because when he was asked about the expulsions, he told the FBI exactly what was in the damn transcript. You numbnuts. But keep it up. Because it was out of order, I have to go back in the book. Because the producer Paula says, "Go." She's right. You was, her, her instincts are always great on the show, folks. Seriously, on a very serious note, the story is very disappointing. Because I don't know John Swanick. It's not personal. I mean, I'll probably take it that way. No one wants them their name on the show this popular. But I get talked about all the time. Just put my name in any search engine. Bongino. It's always some leftist lunatic. It happens. It's you know, I don't have a thick skin. I have a thin skin. It bothers me. It'll probably bother him. I don't mean to hurt the guy's feelings, and I'm, I'm, but I'm in the truth business. And I'm sorry you're not. You have no evidence anything you put in there is actually true. None. And if you could produce it, send it over to the show, and we'll put it on the air. But you can't. All right, let me get to my last sponsor, and then I want to get to this weird flex by CNN. Quick story about the vaccine, and then I want to get to this final story today about remember Jordan Peterson Jordan Peterson is back very very popular speaker writer lecturer Jordan Peterson's back and people are crying about it no no I mean crying like tears like liquid coming out of the eyeballs we have to get to Paula don't let me go away without this this story is just a classic all right final sponsor there friends at podium ladies and gentlemen text the power of a text is incredible and if you run a business you don't know that you better get to know it really fast I have some news for you. You may not have even realized it, but your customers don't want you to call them anymore. That's right. They prefer you send them a text. Now, before you say, I text my friends, but I call a business, I just want to tell you that's not true. Texting is the better way to communicate with your customers. It just is. I prefer a text personally. So does Paula. And I speak into a microphone. That's my job. I, I don't want to talk on the phone. I just don't. Imagine how your customer feels. Here's why texting is better for your business. Save time and money by not spending so much effort calling customers about their order or appointment. Texts get open 97% of the time, so your customers will get the message. You can text back and forth, giving you freedom to, uh, to be tethered to your phone. Podium works even better now that business is being done remotely. Here are some examples. Car dealers are selling cars only through text. Furniture stores are sending other updates to keep their customers informed. Dentists are booking appointments before the end of the year. I'm teaming up with Podium for a special offer. For a limited time, sign up with Podium for 20% off your plan. They're so confident that if Podium doesn't make your business better within 90 days, they will send you a $150 Amazon gift card for the holidays. Now, there you go with that. That's a boost of confidence right there. Go to podium.com slash Dan to get started. 
That's 20% off if you go to podium.com slash Dan, P-O-D-I-U-M.com slash Dan today. Go today. Don't let your other businesses outcompete you using text. Podium.com slash Dan. Go today. Podium.com slash Dan. Go today. All right. Getting back to these stories. So let's, let's quickly burn through a couple of these. This is just, again, I'm sorry to keep bringing this up, but facts do matter. And before the holidays, you know, I'm not, I, I, everybody should take it easy during the holiday. Just enjoy the holiday. We live in the greatest country on earth still, despite our failed political class. Just enjoy the holidays. But inevitably, you know, you're going to run into a lot of people and some liberal, you know, will come at you with a set of, you know, what they believe are facts that are totally false. So one of them, here's this weird flex by CNN. Check out this tweet they put up there trying to knock my home state of Florida on their coronavirus response, which is pretty bizarre. CNN, since Governor DeSantis reopened Florida in late September, the number of reported COVID-19 cases per week in the state has tripled. Now, of course, CNN isn't an actual news outlet. They're a propaganda agitprop outlet for the left. So CNN, of course, targets Florida. So you'd believe that, gosh, a tripling in Florida of these infections, right? That sounds really horrible. And it is. But of course, when you put it in context, they target Florida because Florida has a Republican governor that refuses to lock down the state. But when you look at actual facts, something CNN never does. You know, they have a fact check, that guy, Dan Dale, who's a total joke at CNN. He's their fact, fact checker. So we went to the CDC's website to see how horrible Florida was doing relative to everyone else, because that's the implication, is it not? By the CNN to Florida. Oh my gosh, what a uniquely horrible situation with those terrible Republicans down there in Florida. And Trump won the state too, even worse. So we went to the CDC site and I pulled up the charts to see clearly Florida is at the top. So again, Joe, let's go through this again. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So uh, no, no, they're not at the top. We have North Dakota, Wyoming, New Mexico, South Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, Montana, mm. Wisconsin, where's mm. Florida? Utah, Nebraska, Kansas, Indiana, Rhode Island, Illinois, Colorado, Oklahoma, Idaho, mm -mm. no Florida, Alaska, Michigan, Missouri, Ohio, I, I, you know, do you see, I don't, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't see it either. Okay, Paula, can we go to page two? We had to go to page two to find Florida because CNN says this is a uniquely terrible situation, and of course that's the implication <laughs> of their article. Here we go down Nevada, Arkansas, Tennessee, Connecticut, West Virginia, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Louisiana, Delaware, Guam, New Jersey, Alabama, Mississippi, Maryland, Texas, Mad Florida. There it is, Florida at the bottom. Oh my gosh. Oh, weird, weird. Yeah, crazy how that happens. Nice job, CNN. Of course. Um, you know what they'll say? This is what, the, this is what they do again, showing you how these people are clowns, clowns, bozos, bozos, crusties. Remember crusty? <laughs> they'll say to you, our tweet is accurate. The coronavirus infections have tripled. Huh? Yeah, but why are you focusing on them? not other states that have had far greater outbreaks? The answer is because you don't like the Republican governor of Florida because he won't lock down. That's it. As I said, weird flex, no? Another quick one. What did I tell you about the vaccine story? That the, you know, the goons in the media and on the left would never, ever give credit to President Trump for Operation Warp Speed and one of the greatest accomplishments in the healthcare space in modern human history, the development of a vaccine to this deadly virus in record time. They would never give him credit. What did I say to you last week? That they would have to make the story not about the development of the vaccine because you, you can't dispute that. Even hack media outlets can't say it didn't happen under Trump because it did. It's, it's, it, you can't make two plus two equal seven. You can try. They did with the PP hoax. 
but that's even a bridge too far for them. So in the Benicio del Toro usual suspect, well, flip you, well, flip you for real. They're going to have to flip the story and make the story about the delivery process of the vaccine. The Biden administration is going to point out from now until President Trump, if he doesn't win a second term, leaves office, they will point out every single flaw in the vaccine delivery process to say, look, that might have happened under Trump, but they totally screwed up the delivery. It's not about, it's not about, listen, listen, it's not about the vaccine, Joe, because they can't win that argument. It's about the delivery. Mm -hmm. Did I not say that? Did I not say that? Should never pat yourself on the back but I'm doing it. Sorry. Washington Examiner. Check out this piece. It was in the show notes this week. Bongino.com slash newsletter if you want to access the show notes. Biden and his team are lowering expectations for their management of the pandemic. Ooh, this gets interesting by Eddie Scary. When you go down in the piece in the examiners, there's this interesting line. Biden insiders. Here's one of their quotes from Ron Klain, who is a uh, was announced as Biden if he wins his chief of staff. Klain said with a straight face, and I quote, vaccines don't save lives. Vaccinations save lives. Oh, oh, as predicted. Ding, 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 ding. Kenny Bell time. (laughs) I told you. Got to stop the Kenny Bell because it goes on forever. I told you so. It's not about the vaccine now. It's about vaccinations and the delivery, which, of course, they will now take credit for if, in fact, Joe Biden wins this election. And they will point out every single little flaw in this massive healthcare achievement and the delivery of that said vaccine. And then the media will cover for them and make Joe Biden look like the hero. Did I not tell you? You're going to see it's not about the vaccine now. It's about vaccinations. It's not about the development, which is under President Trump. It's about the process. Sometimes I wish I was wrong. Are we not always two weeks ahead of this? Are we not? not? I know. My Aunt Jane, God rest her soul, said self-praise things. And it does. But I'm proud to let you know you're not wasting your time here. I told you that was going to happen. Because the media are hacks and goons. They can't just come out and say, this is one of the greatest healthcare achievements that happened under President Trump in modern history. They won't say it. Not about vaccines. It's about vaccinations now. Which is weird, Joe, because last time I checked, vaccinations can't happen without vaccines. Right? (laughs) I'm just checking. Have you ever gone like to a CVS or a Walmart and said, I want the vaccine for the hantavirus? And they come out and say, here you go, sir. No, because I'm not sure if there is a vaccine Mm -hmm. for the hantavirus or not. And I'm pretty sure CVS doesn't have it. So the vaccination for the hantavirus can't happen if they don't actually have the vaccine for the hantavirus. Just putting that out there. Yeah, that works. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. Order, (laughs) procedure, reason, logic. I know it's weird. Joe's having a tough time today. It's a lot to digest. (laughs) We put a lot on Joe today. Sometimes Joe's heavily involved. Sometimes I go on and Joe just... Let's me do my thing. Joe is overwhelmed <laughs> today am. with information. He's totally confused. Ugh. All right, this is my favorite story of the day. And by favorite, I mean worst. I don't mean worst. Hold on, I'm laughing at myself again. And I'm crying. I'm not kidding. I shouldn't do that. Never laugh at your own joke. This is terrible today. So I saw this story and I, I, I'm not joking. I thought, I, I thought it was a joke when I first read it. So I had to look it up and I... Went to one of my go-tos. You know, I go to the Washington Examiner a lot. And the story's actually true. Remember Jordan Peterson, noted lecturer, uh, 
author, prominent personality, does speeches, just a very popular, famous guy, wrote a mega best-selling book. Um, it was like 12 Rules for Life. One of Paula's favorites. It's really, really good. I Forgive me, I don't remember the exact, it's like 12 Rules for Life. But you can look it up, Jordan Peterson, P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N. The book did bonkers numbers. It was on the New York Times bestseller list forever. So he's got a sequel to it coming out. So here's this, this is a real headline. It's not a joke. Spencer Neal, Washington Examiner. So Penguin Random House is a publishing house publishing the book. Their Canadian staff reportedly, cry, <laughs> reportedly cried after news of Jordan Peterson book. I'm crying laughing at these idiots. Because Jordan Peterson has spoken out for free speech, something I strongly believe in, and civil liberties, and Jordan Peterson has refused to use pronouns that being forced onto him, Z, Zhao, and other things like that. Jordan Peterson says, no, I will refer to you by your biological sex. Jordan Peterson has become a target of the totalitarian tyrants who want to shut down anyone with an opposing viewpoint on anything. So they showed up, the employees, these wussbags in this company, crying, liquid, eyeballs. And you're not embarrassed about this? This is, you, you, this is an actual story? Folks, this goes back and reminds me of an episode I did a long time ago about these basement-dwelling total losers, these pathetic, weak, pitiful, feeble-minded, weak snowflakes who actually showed up to work and cried because of a book written by a guy that they don't like. I think back to a story I told often, but I have a lot of new listeners. In my prior line of work, I was out once doing a site. I was a young agent. I was like, I don't know, 24. It was one of my first sites as a post standard, as a Secret Service guy. You need to throw you out there and say, hey, watch this wall or whatever. I mean, that's what the new guys get, the crappiest assignments. You don't get any responsibility because you're new and you could screw something up. So I go out there. It's, it was a SUNY college. I don't know what it was, New Pulse or whatever in New York. And Bill Clinton was doing a site there, an appearance there. So I'm a post stander and, you know, you're never given any responsibility. But I guess I was just in the right spot at the right time. Bill Clinton decides it's a good idea to walk from the basketball court he was giving the speech at into the, the stanchions. You know, those pull out wooden like bleacher type things. We're like, oh, what do we do? I'm new. I've been on the job like 10 minutes. I don't know. I just got out of the academy. And the boss at the time, this guy, Al, who was the, like the big shot on the Clinton detail. He's like, hey, you. I'm nuts. What do you call me? Whatever. He didn't even care. He just said, he said hey, you or something. Grabs me and says, get up in those. You know, this. I'm talking about they roll out. They're like, would they have no, very little back to them? You can fall off them. That thing. I go up there. Clinton's shaking hands. People go, ah, Bill, ah, grabbing him, trying to pet him or whatever. Clinton, who knows? You know, ah, Bill, we love you. It's chaos. So this guy, I'm, I, I must not be reacting fast. If this guy, Al, like grabs me and almost throws me off the bleacher, like 20 feet down, he's like, you, get down there. And whatever, stop those maniacs from petting our guy. Folks, I, I could have like cracked my skull open. Did I cry? Was I whining? 
Am I even mad at Al today? No, because I've got cojones and these people don't because it's a freaking job. Go to work, you total dipwads and losers. No crying in freaking baseball and there's no crying in your job. Go to work, publish the book, take your soup cooler, sew it shut and shut them up. I'm not even mad at Al. We had to protect the guy. I don't even like Bill Clinton. Who knows who was petting who? I don't even care. My job was to protect Bill Clinton. The guy almost killed me. And you know what? I did it. Did I go in the holding room and start crying? Al almost threw me down the stairs. No, because I'm not a wussy. Let me tell you something. <laughs> the most valuable experiences in my life. I'm not messing with you. I mentioned this on a show a long time ago. Some of you remember it. We're mopping floors and cleaning mausoleums. That sounds very reductionist, Dan. No, it's not. I'm not talking about the most intellectual experiences of my life or experiences that developed the achievement and aptitude capabilities. I'm talking about character building exercises. You know, character, which is at the top of the totem pole. Wisdom and knowledge come after character. You don't have character. Wisdom and knowledge can be very dangerous. Just check the history books. The most informative and learned character experiences in my life were mopping floors and cleaning mausoleums. What does this have to do with this Jordan Peterson story? I can guarantee you these tier one level gold medal winning wuss bags, these wusses who broke down in tears about a book about a book have never had a real job mopping a floor or cleaning a mausoleum in their life. Clean mausoleums? Oh, I did. That was a wonderful experience, especially the ones that didn't pay. Why? Because then you'd have to go in. You know, they have to pay for the maintenance. So some of them, you know what a mausoleum is? It's a big concrete-like structure mm -hmm. where they store bodies. I clean those pretty much every summer in a cemetery. It was a wonderful experience. When they didn't pay for five, 10 years, you'd go in the mausoleum and the stench would be overwhelming. I mean, obviously it's their dead bodies. Sometimes they weren't sealed right. And there'd be spiders and millipedes and centipedes or whatever. And they'd, as you open the door, they'd fall down your shirt. I'd have to wear a hat. They'd be like this big. You'd have cobwebs everywhere. It was a great experience. And by great, I mean atrocious. But I got out the spick and span. Remember spick and span? Remember that? We had the spick and span and then we had the mm -hmm. little polisher and stuff. And I'd sit there for hours cleaning that damn mausoleum. Clean that thing till it was. You could eat off them floors. I'm not kidding. Marble was shining when I left. Because it was my job. And that's what I did. And that job mattered to me. I learned the value of work. Seeing something through to completion. A task. Starts one way. You work. That task ends another way. With value added. A clean mausoleum. You learn to find efficiencies. Find quicker ways to get things done. Better ways. You learn the value of sweat, spiders down your shirt, centipedes crawling down your unit when they fall down your drawers. That's always great. 
<laughs> actually happened. Wonderful, right? What's that? It's a millipede. Is that a millipede in your pocket? Are you just happy to see me? Oh. No, it's a millipede. Oh. Yeah. That's what I said. You learned how to orient yourself to a task. You learn how to take instructions from people who knew better. But again, I'll say this again. You learn most importantly the value of work and sweat. I can guarantee you, guarantee you, these snowflake, phony, fraud wispbags sitting there crying, crying in an office about a book have never cleaned a mausoleum or mopped the floor in their lives. You're pathetic. Sad, pathetic, whiny, pitiful human beings. And I, I legitimately, I am not kidding. I pity you. I pity your families and anybody associated with you crying over a book. <sighs> pathetic. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed the show today. Have a very happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. Again, if you'd like to listen, we will have a show tomorrow. It's not going to be, a, it's going to be a Bongino brief. We put together a, a nice brief of some of our highlights. It will be there tomorrow. We will. We will be back on Friday, on Friday with original content. But Joe and Drew and Paula and the team deserve the day off. Not only my wife, she works here too. They work extremely hard. They deserve the day off. Um, they work really, really on this nonstop. And that's why I ask you please to check out the show on video. That's Drew and Paula, rumble.com slash Bongino. And on Apple Podcasts, where Joe takes over on her audio product, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Bongino.com. Appreciate if you'd subscribe. It means a lot. Uh, again, we'll Bongino brief tomorrow, and then we'll be back with you again on Friday. Thanks for tuning in. See you soon. You just heard Dan Bongino.